It's time again for the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. I'm your host, Spud McConnell, and we're going to talk about how you can help feed the hungry and the homeless down in South Louisiana. So let's chew the fat, huh? Now make la vie, as the Cajuns say on the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. Big Mike Feasty. How you been, man? Been doing all right. Really? Come on. You're yep, doing all right yep. since the session's yeah, over, though. Well, we 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 fixing to have to go back in tomorrow. So what for what? Uh, redistricting. Uh, they oh, want two that. congressional uh, minority districts. So uh, I guess we'll go back in and see what happens. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I I have to admit I've seen some of these some of these districts and like it's like a snake all up one. Like everything else is a big block, and then here's a little little snake running up the side of the river or something like that. I mean, why don't they just have it like, okay, this parish, that parish, this parish has three, this parish has five, whatever. You know? Well, well, I guess, you know, the, the rule does say no gerrymandering, but uh, I mean, that's just one of the rules. I guess they got to put all the rules together and make a match, you know. There's too many rules. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's come over time. I'm sure it wasn't like that uh, 150 years ago. Well, I, Okay. I just read, uh, I didn't even get to read the whole article about a, a senator who wants to put sunshine laws on every federal law passed and saying that if it's a good law, we'll, we'll, re, we'll revisit it in five years and re-vote for it. But it's like everything should have a sunset clause. I can't say I argue with that too much. Well, I, I, you know, I can't say either because we live in such changing times and and uh, maybe maybe it would work and maybe it wouldn't because... Some things we do have to keep in place if we want to keep, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the everything going in the right order. Because if you start changing too many laws just to change them, uh, we tend to fall apart. And I think that's what's happening across the nation now, especially in our larger cities, with them not uh, uh, keeping the criminals at bay. Well, I mean, let's let's here's a nice example. It's a silly example. But it's a it's a legitimate example of a law, an old law. Huey Long used an old law that was on the books to keep the Barnum and Bailey Circus from performing because he didn't want to interfere. And he wanted them interfering with his LSU homecoming football game. So he told the head of Barnum and Bailey they were going to have to dip all their animals. And it was a legitimate law on the books, but it was about 100 years old at the time, you know, that he was going to have to dip all his animals, including his tigers and lions and gorillas. And so they said, OK, we'll wait for a day. But it was a. I mean, should that law still be on the books? I mean, well, that 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 you know, I hadn't heard that law before, but no, I mean, a, but it served this purpose, you know. So, oh yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Laws were put in place to serve a purpose, and and some laws are bad, some laws are good. But you know? somebody but always to, pulls up that law going, you can't walk an alligator down the street on a on a what a leash at, at after seven o'clock or some kind of nonsense like that, you know. Well, like I said, it it's you know it's. Uh, it's one of those things that we, we we go through to see what works and what doesn't, and, and the stuff that don't work, we need to get rid of. What do, uh, so you're going back for a redistricting vote because the, uh, okay, was that something that John Bell vetoed, or is that something the feds came up and said, y'all are... He vetoed that map for the congressional map because, you know, they, you know, the, the, the question is, and I guess it's a true question, that uh, we're one... The, the the census showed one a 33% black population in the state with six congressional districts. They think that if you have 33%, you should have at least two congressional districts. 
but it you know the whole thing about the districts is is where people live i mean you know if you don't have enough people in one district you can make it a minority district but whether they win or not it's a whole nother story and that's why we left it as one district because i mean you got 33 percent, but they live across the entire state right and so in that particular district don't hold me to my exact numbers but I think as it uh, stands in Troy Carter's district, is 62% black. That gives him a good, a good leeway to make sure you win. But now you take 10% out of that district and give it to another district to create a secondary district. Does he win again? Well, that is, but that's just it. Like you said, it's about the people. It's not about Troy Carter. Right, right. You know, it's not about anybody. It's about whoever the people want to represent them. And if the people... I, you know what? I ain't going down that path. I don't. I don't want to do. I ran for. I ran for the state house once. I lost. That's good enough for me. I. I, I took a shot at doing my civic duty and uh, luckily got away from it. You. But you're in your first term. Yes. You're in your first term, and you're the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. No, no I'm actually uh, vice chair of Natural Resources. I'm just on the Finance Committee. That's still an important place to it's be. It's a very important place to be. I guess. Uh, President Cortez put me in the positions I'm in because being in business for 30 plus years, I'm on insurance, I'm on the, I'm on the finance committee, and I'm vice chair of natural resources, being in the oil and gas business. Is that? I mean, are you seeing massive amounts of change? Uh, we're all seeing lots of change because of all the th stuff that's like between COVID and. And uh, I don't want to get into too much of the politics nationwide, but I mean, we're seeing a lot of strange things happening. Uh, I mean, are you seeing the oil and gas industry coming back? Are you seeing, I'm not in favor of polluting anything, but the bottom line is people don't have any idea exactly how much stuff is made out of petroleum. Like, everything. 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 Shingles everything. on your roof, your cell phone. There's nothing you can touch in a day's time that hadn't been touched by petroleum one way or the other. From all the plastics, from your clothes, a lot of people don't realize fertilizers, fertile, fertilizers made from petroleum, which makes us have a lot more supply of food. Uh, it just goes from one end to the other. And uh, uh, it's, it's a shame that on May 5th, that uh, Biden signed an executive order for the environmental justice uh, office within the environmental uh, and natural resource committee, which gives them full subpoena power to go out and uh, subpoena whatever company they want and try to find out if they got an environmental problem and find them whatever they want with no oversight from the legislature, no oversight from Congress, no oversight from anyone but whoever is appointed. Well, then how, how can he do that just by executive order? Why doesn't Congress step up and go, we get say-so in this? Well, that's just one more one more big cog in a great big wheel of, of bureaucracy that, that's, that doesn't work anyway. Well, actually, digging into it, it's almost like legalized racketeering. So basically, I wrote a resolution, which I got passed in the Senate, 35 yeas and zero nays, and in the House, 95 yeas and zero nays. Uh, so it was a bipartisan uh, a vote that we need to watch whatever move they make because they could ruin the state of Louisiana if they get away with too much stuff without the... Uh, the attorney general watching over them and filing suit for anything they do against the Constitution. The state of Louisiana, your attorney general, or Merrick Garland? You know, get nothing out the, of Merrick Garland. The state of Louisiana, because I can only vote, I can only make stuff for what happens in the state of Louisiana. So hopefully, uh, my resolution will be strong enough, having that bit that good of a vote 
that uh, we can watch what goes on and try to help keep Louisiana in the right direction. Well, what's the difference between a resolution and a law? Well, a law is a law which can be enforced. I mean, is the a governor going to sign your resolution? Well, and no, make it a well, law? that's why I made a resolution. He would have vetoed my bill, uh, but a resolution he can't touch once it's voted on. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not, that's not a concurrent resolution doesn't go to the governor. It's something that you can put in place that helps move things forward in the state without the governor's signature. And so this new legalized racketeering thing that you call it, I mean, it, how can, how can an, an agency that wasn't, the head of the agency wasn't approved by the Senate have that much power just because the president signed a pen? I mean, now the president, it seems to me like there's gonna be nothing but the president. The Congress doesn't matter a whole lot anymore. The judges are being picketed in front of their houses, which is against the law. It's against federal law, and the DOJ is doing nothing about it. So it's like, I mean, it, it just seems we're going towards, instead well, of pointing a finger at, at Trump <clears throat> and saying a tyrant, this, this is a tyrannical a, form of government. That def definitely, and that's why in my resolution, it states that we need to get all other states on board with my resolution to make sure we keep things straight. The whole thing is, is whether they do anything wrong or not is not until they start signing off and doing things. So we need to make sure they stay within the constitutional rights of all of the uh, business owners and, and everybody that they go subpoena and try to find out if they can find them for something. If And so they're going to be legally constantly harassed by an organization that is within another organization that nobody voted for. Well, let's put it this way. If this thing gets out of hand, you think you're hollering at five and six dollar gallon gasoline, you're gonna see eleven and twelve to fifteen dollars a gallon gasoline because it's gonna put such a strain on all everybody trying to be in the oil and gas business. People are just gonna give up on it and not do it. So you But that's what they want. Well, I know they want you to take the bus in an electric car. Well, well, the whole thing about electric car. I don't know where you're going to plug it in at. And nobody's saying how much it costs to, to charge your electric car. Well, it nobody... don't cost a lot from what I saw, but the electric car is way out of the price league of everybody. Yeah, and the batteries can't be, Well, you know... when, when electricity, when the grid goes down, watch how much it's going to cost to charge that electric car. It's coming. And the grid's going to go down. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it was not made for it. I mean, so it was got not a lot made of to challenge. charge many cars. Look, I'm okay. all for, I'm all for electric cars. I'm all for windmills. I'm all for all of that, but it can't take the place of petroleum. We got to have both. There's no way we can, we can take care of society and not have both. Cause you can't make plastic and rubber with electricity. Yeah. You won't have a windmill if you don't have petroleum because most of it, all those big blades, guess what? They made out of a petroleum-based product. Well, there you go. Back with more on Mike Feasy right after this. Spun here. Are you used to packing a lunch when you go get a new driver's license? Well, go to ABC Title. With six locations, we're scary fast. I mean, you need a car title or a license plate or a real ID or just a notary public. Go to abctitle.com to find the scary fast office nearest you. 
that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222, and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the Home Team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. Spud here. The Scary Fast folks at ABC Title have returned to St. Charles Parish. They at 100 Melanie Street in Boutique, just down from the hardware store. Get all your car title business taken care of Scary Fast. Go to abctitle.com for directions and more. Okay, we're back with State Senator Mike Facey of uh, PCM. Yeah, Pipeline Construction and Maintenance. We take care of most of the all old existing pipelines in the ground and, and, ref, and, and all the stations and make sure they stay in good shape. So, uh, everybody stays safe good for that yeah because frankly uh pipelines are the safest way of transporting petroleum products Bas basically it's the most efficient and the most safest and so uh but by, by taking care of that and all of those facilities in place uh makes our cost of goods uh sold at the pump and everything a lot cheaper uh, if you were hauling it in other ways. I mean, that's why the pipeline was invented way back when Rockefeller and all them, you know, had to figure out how to transport oil because uh, it was costing too much by rail. And, and and the big tankers that are coming from all over the place to feed us, we basically eliminated them. I mean, we were shipping stuff out to Europe and things like that, but I mean, we were basically uh, self-sufficient. Yeah, uh, we had it. We had it going on very well. And you know, uh, under the last administration, uh, that was the goal. And uh, we reaped the benefits for a number of years. And now we see what happens when you take those benefits away. Well, I don't want to talk about that because I'm going to get PO'd. So let's talk about, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about food because they're here at the TCU Food Bank. We're taking care of you. And that's all we do here is food. That's what we do. The problem is food is getting to be, and what a lot of people don't realize here is that we buy a lot of food. I mean, we, after the storm, we got massive donations. We really did. It was like we, we don't, had donated 75% of the stuff that we uh, gave out and bought 25. Well, now after the storm, it's flipped. It's 75 the other way. And food is getting more and more expensive. Uh, you know, we would give out a, a bag of 10 pound bag of leg cord, frozen leg quarters that we, we would be able to buy for like 250. Now it's $10. It's only 690, but I have to buy a thousand cases of it. And I don't have a thousand, I don't have a way to store a thousand cases of frozen chicken until we build our new building over there, which thank you, because it looks like it's gonna happen. Mike and uh, Ziza Rang and the governor stepped up and went, y'all need this. So we are going to have this facility built here probably in about a year, I guess. Yeah, it should take about that long. Yeah, and it's nothing, it's a great big cold house. It's a gigantic freezer that we can drive forklifts into so that we'll be able to store stuff. So we'll be able to start handing out more and better quality food, but it's gonna be a little while. Uh, how often, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, the, the state's building this building for us but we serve all the people of the state. We're a big nonprofit. Nobody's gonna make a dollar one out of this thing. But how often does stuff like that happen in the legislature? It, it doesn't happen a whole lot considering uh, that uh, the state has, 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 has realized how important it is for everybody to be taken care of locally. And uh, the more local uh, spots we can set up like this, 
it's a lot easier to manhandle with with local supplies. Yeah, it would be a centralized function. I mean, when after Ida, I mean, like uh, FEMA was up here, the SBA was in here using our lobby. Uh, we are now just because the the word has gotten out, not that we've advertised it or something, we can have this building. But we already have people contracting us or contacting us to see if they can contract storing some of their stuff in our facility because they deal with different things than what we deal with. So if we have any extra freezer space, they would like to, you know, come. Kind and of, that's, kind a, of that's a good thing. And that way, when, you know, what, what we went through this 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 last year with Ida, um, so many of us uh, realize how important it is to have good supplies and having something, in, you know, that can withstand a storm you know, building our structures to where uh, most of our recent structures built in Terrebonne and Lafouche Parish held up. And so following the new the new codes from the Katrina era and all of that has really made a difference. And so uh, we we can be sustainable in these areas as long as we build it right. Is, is because this was such a big wind event, I mean, Katrina wasn't no slouch, but Ida's serious wind event. Are you going to see, think you see even more changes in code enforcement or more what people like, I got a friend of mine. Okay. They built a house after Katrina. The inside of their house doesn't have, it has drywall, but the drywall is over five eighths inch plywood. So they got three quarter inch outside, five eighths inch plywood inside, then drywall. I mean, that house, and he's got hurricane clips on every rafter. So he's, he's ready for the big boys to come. Are we going to see a rise to that level in code enforcement? Uh, you know, it's hard to say because a lot of the codes that were used on the camps like built in Cocodri and Grand Isle at the later stages, using those, uh, those regulations we already had in place, they held up pretty good. In fact, my camp I built in 2000 on Grand Isle. And it's been through many a storm, but I built it the way I thought it needed to be built. Mm -hmm. I did a bunch of extra because being in the pipeline business, I do have a lot of steel in my camp versus just lumber. <laughs> so uh, it makes a big difference on the way things are built. So it, it's all a matter of what you use. And, and what I do on anything I build now, I, you know, knowing that some of the mess, if you get a leak in your roof, the drywall starts mildewing right away and you get mold and, mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. What I've done in the last two buildings, uh, office buildings I've built, I used the exterior siding and, and on the walls, and it looks just like finished sheetrock when you paint it and finish it, you know? And oh, so it's funny. the it's the cement siding, basically. Yeah, is it, it costs two two times as much, but you don't have the finishing cost that you do with sheetrock. Well, it doesn't have, it, it's two times as much, but it's like you spend the money up front, you don't spend it on the back end. That's it. And, and I mean, you're a whole lot faster backing down to your camp than other people. That's right. So that's basically, you know, yeah. what, what, you know, you just kind of make your own rules, but always use the rules that are at least put in place that are proven, which is the rules that, that you know, all the regulations that they did made, you know, after the Katrina era. Yeah. And I, I understand grandfathered in with different things, you know, but yeah, when you're building a new house, and I knew, I know people in the Northern part of the state were all kind of bitching about, you know, why do we have to do this? We're going, you know what? Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> And because uh, like, uh, who was I talking to about the edges of the edges of, uh, oh, I was talking to Earl Hughes, uh, putting a podcast about him, about all the tornado activity that drops afterwards. And a lot of the people don't realize a good number of deaths from hurricane recover uh, or happen because of inland flooding because they got all that rain getting dumped up there and the people are, oh, I'm outside of the hurricane. 
but they're driving through deep puddles that they don't realize. And the next thing you know, they find them dead in their cars. I mean, it's a storm event affects a whole lot more than just the coast. Well, definitely. It's, it's, I mean, rainfall, I mean, like down here with all our bayas, you know, you know, actually we don't really get into trouble till you have a four to six inch rain in a short period of time, but you go dump four to six inches in the Northern part of the state or even a little further up, they in trouble. Yeah, they're you not know, used to that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just can't handle it. Of course, they have snow. Yeah. And if it snows down here, everybody, oh, my God, the fin du monde. It's the end of the world. Oh, I remember, yeah, yeah, it snowed on Christmas Day the year before Katrina. So it was like, we always look out. Going to snow on Christmas Day? Uh-oh, bad times are coming. What do you think it's going to take before this this parish? I don't want to say back to, back to the way it was, because it's never going to be back to the way it was, because it took a hammer. When do you think this parish will be ready to really take another Cat 3 or Cat 4 storm? Or cat, I mean, Ida was a 5. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think, it, you know, to, on the safe side, at least three years, because people are still in the middle of construction. I mean, the worst thing could be is, is have some major event this year. Uh, praise God that, uh, you know, he holds us out for, for a, a timeline at least three to four years. Um, but as we are rebuilding, we're rebuilding stronger and, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it might be best for everybody to get a stronger place to live. Well, I would agree to that. I mean, I live in a, my house is almost a hundred years old and it's got a 300 year old oak tree hanging over it. But I mean, that, that thing's 300 years old. It's been through every storm you can imagine. And it's still there. I had a couple of branches fall out of it, but, you know, and hit my roof. But a branch from that tree is about eight inches in diameter. The limbs are about four feet in diameter. It's 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 a pretty big tree, you know. But it, it also, like I said, it's a big windbreak. Yeah. But uh, I still need. I mean, you know what? I needed a new roof. So. Well, well anyway, on the uh, you know as many live oak trees that I saw down was the most I've ever seen since I've been paying attention. You know, from storms going through from a young age to now. But what I realized is we had a lot of rain prior to Ida. It would softened up the ground, mm -hmm. and so a lot of those big oaks that did go over, they were catching it and and have that soft ground to be that that saturated. They came over, and it, it was it was a lot of we lost a lot of, of very old uh, live oak trees. Yeah, should have cut them up, and made furniture out of them. Uh, no, they did was just cut them up, them up and haul them off. To the dump. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, I I, I, I had made a fortune. As a, as a firewood guy, just go, I'll cut that tree up for you and haul it away. Fine, take it. And it's like, next thing you know, I made $10,000 off this tree selling it for firewood. But, you know, lessons learned about all that. What kind of advice, since we're out of time, what one piece of advice you want to give to uh, the people here in your district about just coming back or prepping for the next go-round? Well, what I'd like to say is we, we are very resilient uh, people uh, of Terrebonne and Lafouche. And uh, I just feel we just need to hang in there and stay strong. And, and uh, hopefully the oil and gas uh, business will come back, uh, knowing that we need to, to get it back rolling in Louisiana. I've tried to do a number of uh, uh, things in the, in the Senate to, to help that out. And uh, luck, you know, to, to, to the way it goes, it, it wasn't toward to our luck yet for me to get it through. But I'll keep trying again year after year till I can get it done so we can get things going back for our industry because I've lost 10,000 people in my district over the last 10 years. And that doesn't count either loss. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we are losing too many good people out of this state. 
Big Mike, thanks a bunch for uh, joining me here. How can people find you if they need to ask you a question if they're in uh, your district? Basically, uh, they can just come pull, pull up on my web, website uh, uh, and uh, send me an email and, and go from there. Yeah, just go to the legislature website yep. and look mm -hmm. up District 20 in the Senate. There it yep. is. Thanks a bunch, Mike. Okay. Appreciate it. Wrapping right. it up right after this. Spud here. Did you know ABC Title's been around 30 years? 30 years! And those 30 years went by scary fast. And now with seven locations, they're even scarier and faster. Everything from license plates to a notary public. Plus, as if they weren't scary fast enough, you can go online at abctitle.com, start the ball rolling before you even get there. Get road ready in record time with your scary fast DMV service company, ABC Title. Go to abctitle.com for online service and the location nearest you.